Our passage this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 41 through 54. It says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when Jesus was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But when they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances, and when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found Jesus in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And Jesus said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with both God and man. Well, welcome to 2021. I know for so many of us, if you're like me, you were ready to turn the page on 2020. You know, that old saying, hindsight is 2020, takes on a new meaning after the year we just had. Uh, and I know looking forward, I, uh, I have a lot of hope that things will get better, uh, but there's still a lot of things that we don't control. Uh, in fact, we can't control or know what's going to happen with the pandemic, politics, the economy. All those things are still in question. Just because we moved from December 31st to January 1st, just because we took the zero off and put a one on, doesn't change the circumstances we find ourselves in. And yet we still have hope that it'll be a better year. But with so many things that we can't control as we go into the new year, I wanted to take some time today and focus on at least three things that I think we can control, three things we can do in 2021 to make it a better year for all of us, but specifically if you're a follower of Jesus, to make this a breakthrough year in your growth and in your spiritual development. Now, this these three things really come from an interesting passage of scripture, uh, one that we may be somewhat familiar with, but it's a very obscure part of Jesus' life because it really is the only glimpse we have of Jesus as a boy. It's found at the end of Luke chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at this together, Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 41 through 52. Now, the reason I like this passage of scripture, honestly, is because when you think about Jesus as an adult, giving, giving us an example, sometimes we make the excuse that, well, he's God, you know, he's perfect. Of, of course, that's what Jesus would do. Of course, that's what Jesus would say, because he's God. But at age 12, Jesus seems a little more human to us. He seems a little more vulnerable. He hasn't performed any miracles yet. He hasn't taught any great sermons. He hasn't called any disciples. He is just a 12-year-old boy. He's right on the verge of manhood. And so I love that we see this example in this passage of Scripture, this pattern of things that Jesus did that was a part of his rhythm that I think if we take into 2021, we can see that we'll grow in our faith and 2021 may just be a better year and a breakout year for us spiritually. So let's take a look at this. Again, this all comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. The first thing that we see Jesus do in this passage is that he showed up. 
He showed up specifically to the temple. He showed up to his father's house. Now, you're familiar with the story. Uh, Mary and Joseph, Jesus, were in Jerusalem with a big group of people for a celebration. The whole caravan heads back to Nazareth, but Jesus was left behind. It was three days before Mary and Joseph realized that Jesus wasn't with them. So they come back. They come to the temple. There is Jesus. And as any parent of a 12-year-old has said, basically, what were you thinking? What were you doing? And so here's Jesus' answer to his mother when she asks him this question. Here's what he says. Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Now, this is an amazing statement to make for several reasons. First of all, because it tells us that Jesus understood who he was, and maybe Mary had never even told him that. But he understands and recognizes that Mary, of all people, should know that his origins, Jesus' very nature, is that he is the Son of God. And the second thing we see in this that's so amazing is he calls the temple his Father's house. Now, for us today, especially for Jesus' followers today, it's not unusual for us to refer to God as Father or to refer to the church as our Father's house. But that was a radical thing to say, especially for a 12-year-old to say. Jesus called the temple his Father's house. The religious people of that day would have never referred to the temple as their Father's house. They would have never referred to God as their Father. God was high and lifted up and holy and separate, and the temple was his dwelling place on earth. And Jesus says, hey, This is my dad's house. This is where I'm supposed to be. In fact, we see this pattern of Jesus' commitment to his father's house even into adulthood. When he's beginning his ministry, John records how they went into the temple and they saw all these people selling offerings and trade and and exchanging money. And and Jesus drove out the money changers and he overturned the temple, the tables that are in the temple courts. And he said this, take these things away. Do not make my father's house. There it is again, a house of trade. And then John tells us that his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. Jesus understood that his place was in his father's house. And listen, there is an important place for us in our father's house too. It is important for us to be together. Now, that may not be possible physically, but the truth is we are given a gift through technology that even when we can't be physically together, we can still show up and be a part of God's family, even if it's just virtually. I think it's such a gift and so important. And I'm reminded what the writer of Hebrews says when he said, do not forsake gathering together. It is critical for our spiritual formation, for our development, that we show up and we are together. And there are three specific reasons why I think this is important. First of all, because living in community with God's people helps us to grow in our relationship with God. None of us have a monopoly on understanding what God is doing and what he's saying in his word. But when we're together, we get a better picture of who God is and what he's doing as we hear what God's doing in the lives of other believers. We also are better together. We can serve better and more effectively together. And and the third reason is that living like Jesus is really hard in our culture today. So we need the encouragement of other believers. Hey, just as Jesus showed up, it's important in 2021 that you show up, whether that's on campus as we gather together to worship, whether that's in small groups online or in person, make a commitment in 2021 to show up. The second thing that Jesus did at age 12 that we can see and follow is he spoke up. 
It's so important for us to speak up. Listen to what it says in verses 46 and 47. After three days, they found him, that's Mary and Joseph, in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. 12-year-old Jesus is sitting in the temple with all the rabbis. He's asking questions. He's engaging with them. And, and it's they're amazed at what he's saying. And this whole time, Jesus is in the temple. He's modeling for us what it means to really, really grow through engaging in dialogue. It's not just about you listening to a sermon. That could be important. But it's also about asking questions, making comments. And so in 2021, we want to encourage you to see your discipleship as a participatory sport, not a spectator sport. It's not just something you listen to, but you engage in, in conversations and dialogue with friends and family. You know, every week that we do teaching, we also produce a small group discussion guide that you can use with just a friend or a spouse or in your family or even in a small group. But take the time to speak up, ask questions, express your doubts and fears, speak hope and encouragement to others. And most of all, in 2021, speak the gospel to other people. It's important to demonstrate Jesus' love through our actions, but it's also important that we speak the hope and the message of the gospel to other people who need to hear it. Make that commitment in 2021. So we show up, we speak up, and third, we grow up. And we see this example in Jesus in Luke chapter 2 as well. Look at Luke 2:52, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with man. Now, this is a remarkable verse, but we also know that Luke thinks it's a really important truth for us to understand because this is the second time he's mentioned this. Look with me back at Luke chapter 2, verse 40. He's talking about Mary and Joseph uh, and Jesus moving back to Nazareth, and he says this, and the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. You know, we don't often think about Jesus growing. Uh, maybe physically we do. We, we talk about Jesus as a baby, and then suddenly we see Jesus as a man. But Luke gives us a picture that Jesus actually grew, that there was something between Jesus in Bethlehem and, and Jesus as he's walking around teaching the disciples, that Jesus was growing and developing. Isn't it interesting that of the four gospel writers, it would be the physician, the doctor that would point this out? But what's so amazing about this is that when we think about God, we know God is unchanging. We know God knows everything. He's all-knowing. And yet God chose to limit himself by taking on flesh and dwelling among us, which meant that he was limited physically. He grew and he developed just like any boy into a man. But he also grew in his wisdom and understanding and in his knowledge. And that's the example God sets for us in Jesus, that we are also called to grow in our knowledge, to grow in our learning and understanding. Hey, it's not a sin that we don't know more about Jesus or know more about God's truth. It's just a sin if we refuse to be willing to grow. Jesus gives us the example that we show up, we speak up, and we learn and we grow up in our knowledge. I remember when I was a boy of eight, I, I committed my life to Christ. And then when I was about 12, I, I was going to be baptized. And I remember thinking back, did I really know what I was doing at eight? 
And then at 18, when, when I really had an encounter with God and I felt like God was really calling me, I, I questioned my salvation at eight. And then I questioned it at 12 because I thought, hey, my eight-year-old self, my 12-year-old self couldn't have understood what was going on. I remember there was a really wise youth leader, and I, I, I was asking about, should I be rebaptized? Was I really saved at eight years old? And I remember this youth leader said, you know what? When you were eight, did you understand the gospel the best an eight-year-old could understand it? The answer to that was yes. Hey, when you were 12 and you were baptized, did you understand what that meant to the best that a 12-year-old could understand it? I'm like, yeah, I, I think I did. And then this youth leader said, hey, now that you're 18, do you think that you fully arrived? Don't you think that when you're 36, you're going to look back on your 18-year-old self and think, man, my 18-year-old self really didn't understand? Listen, if you're growing in, in the knowledge of Jesus, every year you ought to be able to look back and see, man, I understand and know so much more about God. I've experienced so much more of God in my life than I did when I was eight, when I was 12, when I was 18. And that is something that continues for a lifetime. Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, somebody that you can literally see growing as you read the gospel accounts, he, as an old man, he said this to some young believers. He said, hey, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up into your salvation. This is a fascinating idea because what Peter is saying is, hey, hey salvation is yours. It's a gift. You didn't have to take a test to get salvation. You didn't have to do anything to get salvation. It was a gift. You already have it on. It is now your responsibility to grow up into it. Almost like a little boy putting on his dad's coat or jacket or a little girl putting on her mom's dress. It doesn't fit, but as that child grows, they'll grow into it. Are you, are we growing into our salvation? That is so important for us to understand. And then later in 2 Peter chapter 3, Peter says this to some young believers. He said, hey, grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Grow in the grace and knowledge. Those are two different things, and both of them are important. Let, let me to explain what I mean. When we who are in church think about growing in Jesus, we often think about that in terms of head knowledge. Grow in the grace and knowledge. We think about the knowledge, information that we gain. We listen to sermons. We read a book. We maybe go through a study guide, and we are growing in our knowledge. We're gaining information about God, about Jesus. And that's good, and that's important. But if that knowledge isn't transformed into something that changes us to be more like Jesus, it's just trivia. That's all it is. So Peter says, hey, grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus, that your life should be more like Jesus because of what you're learning by his example. And I just wonder in 2021 if that will be a commitment that we make. That yes, we're going to show up. We're going to be a part of community. Yes, we're going to speak up. We're going to ask questions. We're not going to be afraid to, to think that's a dumb question. Everybody already knows that. We're going to ask questions. We're going to talk about our fears and doubts. We're going to encourage each other. We're going to speak the gospel. But we're going to commit to grow up into our salvation. And, and all of us are on that journey. And yes, we're going to gain knowledge but we are also going to grow in the grace. We're going to be more like Jesus in 2021 as individuals, as a family, and as a church. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for our church, that we would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus in 2021. We want to help you do that any way we can this year. If you are asking questions about what it means to follow Jesus, if you want more information about how to get connected to a small group or, or more information about our worship services, we would love to share that with you. 
you just text the letters VIP to 904-441-8650 and we'll respond to you. We'll try to answer your questions. We'll pray for you. Whatever we can do to partner with you in 2021 on this journey, we want to walk it together. Thank you for for joining us today for worship. Thank you for showing up. Now, I'd love for you to speak up, make a comment, ask a question, let us engage, and ultimately, my prayer for you is that you will grow up in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. Let's pray together. God, we thank you uh, for this invitation to grow up and to be more like Jesus. Lord, even as Jesus physically grew, even as he grew in his wisdom and in knowledge and in favor with God and with man, Lord, we want to follow that example in 2021. And Lord, we know we can't do it by ourselves. We can only do it by your grace. We need each other. But Father, we also have to make a personal commitment to do those things that are necessary to see that happen. So Father, give us the faith, give us the strength, give us the determination to show up when we don't feel like showing up. Father, help us to speak up uh, when, when we don't know what to say. Father, give us words. Father, when, when we've got questions and doubts, help us to overcome our fear and speak those out loud so that your light of truth may shine into those places in our heart where we have questions and doubts and fears. Father, give us the courage to speak up the hope of the gospel this year. And Father, ultimately, we pray that you would help us to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. We want you to be glorified in our lives, be glorified in our families, be glorified in your church this year and every year. For we pray it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Grace and peace be with you. Mm -hmm.